Step into the world of advertising with FjorgeCast, predicting the most important trends in the advertising industry. Host Tim Barsness dishes on the latest developments within the advertising realm. Tune into the FjorgeCast to receive insider tips and advice from experts within the advertising industry. FjorgeCast is your first stop in hearing about the unique opportunities and challenges advertisers face today. Cranberry Radio is proud to present FjorgeCast with your host, Tim Barsness. Thanks for joining us on FjorgeCast. I'm Tim Barsness, founder of web and mobile development team Fjorge. And today on our show, we will be talking with Roy Firestone about digital agency MGID. Welcome to the show, Roy. Hey, thanks for having me on. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Uh, Roy, can you tell us a little about MGID? Sure. You know, we're a pioneer in native advertising, been around since about 2008. And we do video content recommendation and articles and product services, about 165 billion thumbnails a month, uh, typically below articles or on the right side of publisher websites. And what is your role? So I'm the VP of product here. So primarily brought in to bring video to what was an existing industry of native. So really excited to you know explore that with you today. Got it. So when did you join the team? About six months ago. And video is a, a new endeavor for MGID? Yeah, for sure. For native in general. So these guys have been out here, you know, recommending content in the form of articles and products. You know, you've seen these uh, when you're scrolling through an article on the web, you'll see you may like or, you know, titles like for more from around the web. So, you know, what we're doing is really breaking, breaking a boundary and bringing video into those thumbnails for a totally new experience. Got it. So let's get a little background on Roy. Um, how did you come to join MGID? Sure, it's a long and winding road for us product folks. So I started my career during the tech boom in the mid-90s in D.C. at Accenture, what was then Anderson Consulting Technology Practice. So, you know, got a real firm background in client services and consulting, um, really excited to do international deployments with them to places like Rio de Janeiro and Bangkok. Quite a fun gig for a 22-year-old. But I got uh, sparked into media by going to Gannett and USA Today headquarters in Virginia. And, uh, you know, I haven't looked back. So I've been innovating in media and advertising and uh, social ever since. Got it. Um, so working on the, the uh, video platform at MGID, um, what does your day-to-day look like? Yeah, my day is pretty hectic. Uh, you know, we are a multinational company. Our U.S. office is one division, uh, but headquarters is in Kiev, Ukraine. So a lot of my day starts relatively early. We've got quite a time swing between here and Kiev, from Los Angeles to Kiev. So uh, we're often on Skype and, and doing things uh, all hours of the day and night. But so my typical day involves, you know, maintaining the core roadmap for the native products that are still in, in market around the world, but also running this new video product. So we're in an invitation-only beta phase with our most trusted publishers, and we'll be uh, going to press and talking a lot more about the video element of the product, you know, beginning in uh, Mexico next month, and then again at NAI in Berlin in November. Is is running your um, your existing native products and building this new um, video product is that are those similar processes or are they kind of different different mindsets? 
Oh, glad you asked. Video is a completely different animal. And so I really started getting into video around 2010 when I was at a startup here in LA working with Viacom. So, you know, we did a lot of premium video when uh, all of Viacom's properties were doing both clips and full episodes online. So we're talking uh, MTV, VH1, Comedy Central, uh, both Daily Show and Colbert were, were posted online. I don't know if you remember <laughs> in full episode form on the web ad supported back then. You know, so video uh, is a different language. There's different revenue models. Obviously, the rates are much higher, and there's a lot more money flowing through digital video, and there's a lot more innovation. So that was really exciting, uh, breaking into that in a premium publisher world. And now I'm uh, bringing all that stuff to bear on a new uh, ad product in the native space, which is very different than doing pre-roll videos inside premium content. Totally. Um, can you tell us where your your native video, where we're going to see it? So, you know, I mentioned my invitation-only beta. We're not really releasing our pub list yet. We're going to be publishing our case study in about a month. We have several premium pubs in different verticals. So we've got uh, technology vertical, lifestyle, sports, and news. I'm going to ask you some more questions to see what, what information you can share. Um, sure. What is, what is the typical duration of a... a native um, video uh, format? How long is, is a clip? Hey, so clips, you know, we're experimenting across the board during this phase to see what works best. Uh, obviously, things are publisher-specific. So one thing may work, you may get a 60-second uh, content video working very well with ads uh, supporting that on one site, and then uh, it won't work as well somewhere else. So we have a variety of, of clip lengths between 60, around 45 to 60 on the short end, to two and a half to three minutes on the longer end. What what type of client is, is native video a good fit for? Yeah, it's good fit for publishers, especially that are hungry for video content. You know, in the in the world today, everything is a video. I'm surprised to see how many apps and things are out there now when you're posting on social media. What used to be a simple feed update or a post is now a slideshow video with some text animating. Everything is video. So publishers have been hungry for both video content that relates to their audience, but also that video revenue incrementally. Publishers in the digital space are always looking to get to their double digit growth, and video is one of the only ways to do that. So, you know, we find the best fit for publishers that have a lot of article content, especially news and, and sports related things that are mainly article, text, and photos but not a lot of their own premium video content. So we succeed when we bring the video content that we're recommending in the widget, and we also bring the ad and monetization element by supporting it and paying out on the pre-rolls. Are we going to see a world where uh, highway billboards are are video enabled? I think everything is. I already have those in LA. I don't know Do if you? Colin from Minneapolis that doesn't have many yet. No, I, I mean nothing moving. You see, you see billboards where they, you know, they change, but they're they're changing from one one still to another. We're not seeing uh, video video billboards here. Yeah, so we've seen some of those, and they're really uh, on a case by case basis. There's the safety concerns, and absolutely, yeah, you know, yeah. The outdoor space. I have a friend that's done a lot of outdoor media here in Los Angeles, and the primary concern was with distracting motorists. <laughs> so yeah, right. Um, 
some of those uh, digital billboards have been allowed to do animation and um, video, but that's a case-by-case basis. But I think it's inevitable that they will all be, um, you know, video moving images within a few years. Got it. Um, who else is doing native video advertising? Nobody. So this product that we're calling native video recommendation has never been done before. Uh, MGID is in a pretty competitive space with folks like Outbrain and Taboola. Um, you know, we're first to market with introducing video into the recommendation widget. So what's unique is that it's all click to play. This isn't like an outstream unit where a big video ad starts playing in your face and you know you have to close it out just to get back to your next paragraph of text. You know, this is in that recommendation widget. There's a video thumbnail, you can click it and a video player pops up and you get to consume one or more videos um, that you're interested in right there without even navigating away from the publisher page. Got it. Um what what else do we need to know about this this change that you guys are pioneering in the um in this space? Well, you know, with anything new, there's publisher challenges, adoption curves, and, you know, folks want to make sure on the publisher side that we're doing a great job of bringing relevant content to their audiences, things that they want to view, um, and that we're, in fact, uh, turning over enough monetization in that experience to make it worth their while. So, you know, our publishers have had initial feedback, uh, and they're, they're really happy with our ability to marry um, you know, the content itself uh, balanced with the right level of monetization. Got it. Um, so how, do, how does your, what you guys are doing compare to like native advertising in say a TV show or something? Yeah, native advertising, the term native is, is you know, sometimes misapplied. At the core definition of native, it means that the marketer's um, message has to appear and relate to an audience as if it were programming or content itself. So when I think of like the granddaddy of native advertising in like a TV show or a movie, it's product placement. Right. It's the fact that it the Coca-Cola is on the table. You don't know that Coca-Cola is even paid for that. It's used in context of the creative itself. So for what we're doing, we're, we're operating in a very similar way. So you know, when you're under article and you're seeing six thumbnails of more you may like from around the web, you know, some of those are going to be videos. We are using algorithms on our back end to source uh, relevant videos by both content category and keyword. So if you're on a sports site, we're going to have an opportunity to view current sports videos. So that's content that we're saying, hey, here's the, the news about Serena Williams. Uh, the user can interact with that content and be presented with advertising around that content, either before or after. So that's our native ver version of um, you know, bringing an innovative video product to that space. We need to take a break, but when we come back, we'll, we will be getting more details on how MGID is so effective from Roya. Don't go away. Georgecast with Tim Barsness. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. 
Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Founders Circle. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with FjordCast, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to FjordCast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness, and I'm here with Roy of digital agency MGID. Roy, can you uh, tell us a little bit about how MGID is so effective? Well, sure. You know, everybody wants more video. You know, this is from both ends of the ecosystem, from the marketers and then the audiences consuming content on the publisher side. So, you know, following this industry trend, uh, users want more video on their devices. There's a lot of consumption happening now, um, regardless of what channel it's coming through, whether it's desktop, mobile, um, in-app, or even linear broadcast. So, What's exciting about bringing a video perspective to the native advertising space is that we're just giving people what they already want more of. So we're, we're using our toolbox of advertising technology tools and products to you know, engage users in a, in a less intrusive way. So you know, we're giving them what they want, which is content, and we're using that ability to serve advertising around it to make that money back for publishers. Got it. So how practically are you making that money back for publishers? Yeah. So we're, we have a variety of things in our private invitation only beta. You know, we are big believers in using data, um, you know, to drive our decisions and tweak our, our products for optimizing the experiences. So, you know, we have a lot of KPIs around engagement. So our folks wanting to click on videos more than regular articles when we're recommending content, you know, that's a good answer. We already know people love video more. Um, but then on the monetization side, we have a complete demand stack of you know, direct and invert direct advertising through our video platform. So we're able to wire folks up to buyers that may be more interested in their vertical or their content. Or frankly, a lot of video is still bought on a site and domain basis. So you know, the publishers that we're bringing to market uh, for video advertising you know, are being evangelized on that side as innovators and 
by working with us, they're getting a, a clean opportunity to go and, and produce video CPM dollars, you know, in the tech terms. They're bringing in video revenue where they previously didn't have their own video content to do that. Got it. So what does it take to, um, to get involved in, in this new native video space? You know, the great thing about, you know, my geniuses in Kiev is that they're, they're really uh, highly skilled. We have all of our engineering in-house. Uh, so we have the ability to turn video on and off on all of our existing placements. So, you know, I was talking about 650 plus billion thumbnails a month that we serve across the world on, uh, you know, tens of thousands of publisher sites. We're able to turn video on um, at the back end at the flip, flip of a switch for any of our publishers that opt into the program. Um, you mentioned your, uh, I guess, invitation-only beta. How, do I, how does one get invited to the invitation-only beta? Sure. You know, we are going to be opening that up um, before the end of the year. So folks can contact me on LinkedIn and we'd be happy to start that conversation. Obviously, we have a broad base of existing clients in our native marketplace who are getting first look, you know, but we're happy to entertain um, any of those conversations. So please get in touch. You got it. Um, What are some challenges when introducing a new ad format into the market for publishers? Yeah, publishers are picky and deserve to be so. Um, you know, they're put in a, a difficult spot in this digital age where, you know, magazines and print are on decline. Linear broadcast is is losing audience to subscription-based services and on-demand content. So publishers are always eager to sign up for new revenue but they are very picky about their user experience and their relatability to their audience. You know, what they don't want to do is overload people with invasive experiences. You know, I touched on Outstream, you know, very popular format a couple of years ago, now on the decline. Well, why? It's a very large video player that only serves you an ad in the middle of other content you're viewing. So, where, where they found that publisher experience was was great initially, their audiences are now responding, please get those off my page. So, you know, in any product lifecycle, it's exciting to be on the forefront and innovate. So that's where we are now at MGID. And uh, we're very in tune with our publisher's concerns. Uh, that's why we've turned on video in our existing widgets and offered those click-to-play experiences that are very much... Um, user-driven. So if I wanted to see that Serena Williams video, um, I would click to do that. And, you know, I've now opted into an ad experience versus all of the banner blindness and uh, outstream fatigue that we're seeing lately. Right. Absolutely. Um, One thing that you you mentioned banner blindness Um, with, with video, are you seeing specifically one video at a time? Yeah, so our experience, you know, I I realize it's a little hard to share verbally when it's a very visual element, but, you know, from from those more from around the web widgets with thumbnails, we open a full screen overlay video player and we offer the first video uh, that you clicked on, but we then we have a playlist of of other related content that we use our algorithms to define um, which 
Um, other videos are best to suggest to the person who's opted into the first video. So it's all in, a, in an overlay container, um, again, without leaving the publisher site. And we find that users are very amenable to that situation. Um, in fact, we see live on a lot of big publisher sites, the click to overlay players now becoming a default user experience for their own video content. They're finding a lot of users respond well to the overlay player, you know, coming into full screen and having the playlist there. Um, once you're in video, you most likely want to stay in video. And that just um, keeps you from bouncing in and out and from page to page. What is it about uh, native that makes it not feel like an ad? Yeah, so the main driver of native is content itself. So the thing that we're presenting users in the widget is content. So it's something that relates to them. It's topical. We keep it fresh. And we have a variety of sources that we, we source that premium content from. Yeah, so we're giving folks um, an opportunity to explore more content related to that publisher's vertical or, you know, specifically even to an article. So what's making it less intrusive is that we are delivering um, the premium content uh, to the user, but we're uh, putting, you know, 15 or 30 seconds of advertising in that experience in order to offset the cost. How do you guys deal with fraud in your in your videos? Or That's a great view yeah. fraud. Yeah, that's such a great question. You know, it's the scourge of, of digital advertising today. You know, we're in front of the solutions for anti-fraud. So the last thing an advertiser wants to do, especially in video, um, is run a beautiful AT&T commercial for 30 seconds and have it be running, you know, on some not premium site below the fold, not even audible. <laughs> Right. So those challenges exist today, and uh, we've ensured by having code directly on the page with the publisher, that's just the way these native widgets work, that we scan and, and validate traffic before it ever makes it to our video demand stack. So ensuring that inventory quality is easier for folks like us, MGID, who have direct publisher relationships, but at the same time, we validate with third-party tools and you know report on all inventory quality across the supply chain are you only working with publishers who have um inventory at a certain level you know right now we have a variety of inventory coming at us we've got some high volume traffic and we've got some longer tail sites you know in order to be successful we're an independent agency um you know we're not public so we're able to um build a proper portfolio for our business that includes both some premium sites and some long tail. You got it. We need to take our second break, but when we come back, we will get into uh, data-driven product strategy, as well as the rise of six-second ads. Don't go away. Georgecast with Tim Barsness. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Get educated and entertained by our panel of on-air experts and peers. And engage with us anytime by following us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and LinkedIn. So you can reach us before and after every program. Located on our new social shareable live streaming player. Access the new Cranberry Radio live stream player at our website, cranberry.fm. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrand. 
Brands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with FjordCast. Only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to FjordCast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness, and I'm here with Roy Firestone of MGID. Our first story today titled, Why Ad Tech Companies Need a Data-Driven Product Strategy by Roy, published in Adweek. Um, so, Roy, the article explains how it's better to speak with your employees and formulate scalable metric surveys about priorities and new products, rather than having a top-level exec just say what the next thing, big thing is going to be to work on. I'm curious how you've played this out in your your day-to-day work. Yeah, you know, I I understand you've got a bit of a software engineering background yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, so I grew out of that world, you know, first from consulting and then as a software engineer and and a team lead in that environment. So, you know, there's nothing worse than, than having an exec come back from a conference excited about some hot new buzzword and say, okay, we're going to go do this. This is the next big thing. Clear the schedule. Let's do it. Um, And then have it not be successful. So while, you know, it's fun to be in an innovative space and especially at the startups that I've worked for to move quickly and iterate and show product and results in quick sprints, you know, it's important to listen and reflect on key KPIs uh, before committing to those projects. Right, absolutely. Um, so, how do you combat the, um, I guess, the issue where it, it could go either way? It, an audience might have an opinion that might not be the direction that a, a group needs to go. How do you decide when to listen to that that audience and when to um, when to trust your gut and go for something? Ah, so the data-driven product strategy is all about using some tools and structure around the uh, the entire chain from an idea to, you know, something being out there in production and maintenance. So what we've done here and what's been successful for me before, the, the process that I brought to the table is to really get every idea on the table and then rate and rank it according to whatever the organization's key objectives are. So are we looking for revenue growth? Are we looking for customer retention? Are we looking for whiz-bang innovation, you know, PR value? All of these things can be rated and ranked on a sliding scale across your constituent base. So we're talking about, 
getting the ideas on the table, creating a survey, and rating and ranking. So this is an objective process where all the votes are coming in, and then we can slice and dice the results a variety of ways. One of the fun things that I did with the results was, well, let's take just the CEO and their survey rankings and what's their top 10. Well, when I looked at the blended top 10 across all of our stakeholders, most of the big ones stayed up there in the top five, but the rest of that that top 10 changed. Some things fell out, some things bumped up. So it was very interesting to see how the data-driven strategy got us to um, a strong roadmap that reflected uh, the KPIs that we really are, are finding important and charting projects for the roadmap for the very next quarter that were in fact aligned with all of our strategic goals. So my CEO got some of his favorites and not some of the others. <laughs> totally. Got it. Um, all right. So our second story today, um, titled Why Brands and Agencies Are Preparing for the Era of Six-Second Ads. Uh, the article touches on how a six-second ad format is starting to become the industry standard, especially for reaching the younger generation. Um, in the article, they touched on how you can really get to a level of human connection that you cannot even get to in a 15-second 15, 15 spot. Do you think that's true, or um, are they kind of reading into something there? Yeah, I, I've thought about this a bit. It was a good head-scratching article where I was thinking, how is this even relevant? Uh, you know, I can reflect back on some experience from my Viacom days, and I think one of the vendors, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, called this six-second ad a bumper ad. Well, the only thing we ever did with that amount of time was when we had a sponsor for an entire episode of The Daily Show, we would slate it with a bumper that said, brought to you by Samsung. And that sat there for five seconds and then went right. away. So, you know, while I've seen the rise and fall of Vine, and I get that it's possible for the creative side to accomplish a lot and do some attention getting and teasing with that format... I don't think for most marketers that's going to be a way to go in order to properly communicate, you know, a product or a brand. It's it's just so limited. I, I agree, and it almost seems like a a problem that agencies want to solve rather than one that needs to be solved. <laughs> that that would be uh, one way to look at it for sure. <laughs> and we are out of time, so that's it for today on Fjordcast. Uh, thanks for being on the show today, today, Roy. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. If you want to contact Roy, reach out to him on LinkedIn, uh, Roy Firestone. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. You can download episodes of the program by going to cranberry.fm or subscribing to the show. Stitcher. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 